Hey guys, I'm Chelina. And I'm Courtney. And this is Mysteries at the Coffee Shop. Today we are going we're going over the mysterious disappearance and homicide of Connie Beard. This is a 25-year-old case that is currently still open. Unfortunately, the older the case gets, the colder it gets. There is a lot of online speculations about this case. Some are true, some are just rumors, and some are sus. With that being said, let's get into it. Right, so Connie Beard was a 17-year-old Ringgold High School student. Her family resided in my hometown of Ringgold, Georgia. Um, she lived in the Sherwood Forest area, which is around the Graysville Boynton area. She was described as a spitfire who had a heart of gold. Now, on July 17, 1998, Connie drives from her home in Ringgold, Georgia, down to her boyfriend, Corey Butler's apartment in Dalton, Georgia. The exact address is 1600 per year drive. This is about a 25-30 minute drive. She gets there at around 11.30 p.m. Her boyfriend has to leave work to let her in the apartment. And once he gets there, he and Connie get into a pretty heated argument. I'm assuming it's about him having to leave work to let her in. Um... He lets her in, and then he leaves to go back to work. Connie then heads inside and makes a phone call to her aunt because she wanted to make sure her aunt made it home safely from her sister's house. In an interview with her sister, Bridget Shirley, she stated, My aunt got a phone call from Connie to check to see if my aunt made it home. Then my aunt said that Connie told her, Look, I'll have to go be back because someone's knocking at the door. Bridget said they never found out who was knocking on the door, and they never heard from or saw Connie ever again. And side note, it is unknown when Corey Butler returns from work, but on July 18th, 1998, Corey leaves for work again at 4.30 a.m. At this time, Connie is still asleep in bed when he leaves his apartment. When he returns back from work at around 7.30 a.m., she's gone. After a couple hours, she still hasn't responded to her pager, and he or her family file a missing persons report with the Whitfield County Sheriff Department. They were unfortunately shrugged off and Connie's case was treated as a runaway case rather than a missing persons case. Now I do wanna note that her family stated there was no way she was a runaway because she had a $100 check from her Chattanooga employer that you know, most people would have picked up but she just didn't pick it up. Um, most runaways would have picked that up for extra cash. So three months go by and on October 11th, 1998, Connie's body is found by Dalton utility workers at approximately 9 o'clock a.m. They noticed a pair of white tennis shoes out near the woods, and they went to go investigate. That's where they found them attached to her skeletal remains in a shallow grave. The area where her body was found is about 30 minutes from her boyfriend's apartment right between Dalton and Chatsworth. So sad. Right. So now that we know her story, let's get into some theories. And I just want to go ahead and say that these theories are completely detached from any facts or, you know, actual events that happened. Um, these are just speculations, theories, you know, people have come up with. So um, there's an entire, entire Reddit thread involving Connie Beard. But most of the information sends you to recent articles from 2020, and they don't give you that much information at all. You know, you went out of your way to search archive newspaper articles, and you didn't even know if anything would turn up or be helpful for this. Right. I I mean, 
when I was researching this case, I was literally losing sleep. So initially I thought, you know, because in the last podcast at the end, I was like, oh, we may be able to get, you know, some of the case records. And unfortunately, the case is actually still open. So I'm not able to get a hold of them. So at that point, I'm left searching the internet and I basically lose sleep over this case. I had to stop. There are some days where I had to stop because I was so overworked, but lo and behold, Google was like, hey, like there's Google archives, you know, you can look at old newspapers. I search all the newspapers in 1998 from, honestly, from July until October to find something on her. And there was nothing up until the October 21st edition um, from 1998 that had her on the front page because her body was found. Um, and that's where I got like most of the information from. So it's a little bit more insightful than like the Reddit pages and stuff, mm -hmm. just because like, you know, all the theories from there was based off of recent articles and mm -hmm. they're not quite true. No. So on the Reddit page, they had said that she was brutally raped and murdered but her remains, when they were found, were skeletals, and there were new, no news articles supporting this, this claim. You know, this was something on the Reddit thread. So it seems like someone was just making up that information to attempt to fill in the blanks, you know, so they put out false information. Uh, Reddit users also speculated that whoever was at the door that night in July was the one that killed her. You know, she got the knock on the door and had to end the phone call. Um, but that doesn't really fit the timeline that's given. Um, there are a lot of other speculations that are mentioned within this Reddit page, but again, there's no facts to back up any of these, and it seems like all of these are also an attempt to fill in the blanks of the tragic loss of Connie. People get on there and unfortunately can say whatever they want, whether it's true or not. Right, right. Um, yeah. You know, and the one thing that I thought was really strange that nobody seemed to mention, because I guess, like, again, they were going off of recent articles. No one had saw the paper from 1998 because it was printed out in 1998, and it's 2023. Um, what I thought was really weird was Corey's work schedule. Hmm. So he went back to work at 1130 after he went and let her in the apartment. And then went back again at 4 a.m. Like, when does a man sleep, first of all? Mm -hmm. And so that morning, the morning she goes missing, he's gone from 4 a.m. to 7.30. So you're at work for only three hours. And then, like, in those three hours is when she went missing. So it just seems really off to me. But mm -hmm. he's not on the prime suspect list. And I'm assuming it's because he has an alibi at work. So I don't know. It was just really weird. I had my suspicions initially, you know, but if he was not on the top of the suspect list, and I'm assuming they went and checked with his work. And I just want to say that that is a fucking weird ass work schedule. Yeah, like, it's really strange when you first read it. You're like, what is this? When does he sleep? When does he eat? When does he shower? Like, does he get to do any of those things? <laughs> so another question we have is, was the front door unlocked? You know, like, if the speculation of, like, whoever knocked on the door is her killer, 
did she open the door voluntarily because was it someone she knew? Did someone just come in because the door was unlocked? Or was the door locked and, you know, she opened it because it was someone she knew? Like, that raises a very, you know, peaked interest question. Um, yeah, so here's the thing, though. Like, if somebody came knocking at my door at four in the morning, yeah. I would not be opening that damn door. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not happening. Like, if you came at my door at 4 a.m., Courtney, I would be like, listen, you either listen. coming in here and you taking a nap or you fucking leaving because I'm going yeah. the fuck back to sleep. Like, you cannot get me up at 6.30 in the morning in high school when I was 17. So I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just same. think that's weird. Yeah. And there was also, there wasn't a sound of struggle in the apartment that was noted in anything that we read. It was almost just like she had vanished, which is really, really sad. It, you know, it is. And, like, what's crazy is, like, you know, this isn't, like, a whole big ordeal. Like, Mm -hmm. she's just going to spend the night at her boyfriend's house. Um... So how did she disappear and who took her? Like, who has beef with a 17-year-old girl? Was she lured out of the apartment? And how was she found, like, 30 minutes away? Like, it just seems a little crazy to me. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I just think, like, you know, there are speculations that it was somebody that she did know. But, like, even if she knew them... Like, who, the neighbors didn't report anybody coming in or anything at 4 a.m. Then, of course, like, it's 4 a.m., so they're asleep. Right. But, like, who has to knock at the door for her to willingly go out and just not take any of her stuff and leave? And then, if it was somebody she didn't know, how did she get lured out of the apartment? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with the unlocked door. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. It comes back to, is the door unlocked? Right, right. Because, like, okay, if she, you know, if it was somebody she knew, right, Mm -hmm. and she knew she was leaving with them, I feel like she would have locked the apartment door behind her. Now, if somebody she didn't know that lured her out, like, let's say, you know, I know she had a heart of gold, and what's really shitty is that there are people who take advantage of that. Like, Mm -hmm. so let's say she goes out of the apartment, right? Because somebody needs help. She doesn't think to lock the door. Right. Right, because, like, I guess, like, and then here's the thing, too, is, like, if her boyfriend had to let her in, I'm assuming she doesn't have a key. Right. So that that's a little bit, that's a little bit crazy to me. I don't know. I don't know. It's just so... It's so strange to me. Like, I feel like things are adding up. How do you lose a 17-year-old girl? And, like, and you know, if you look up the address, it's not, like, an apartment complex. It's almost like a little duplex. Right. So how do you go missing when you're in that close of a vicinity to other people? You know what I mean? Yeah, nobody hears or sees a thing. Like, it's just really, like, poof. Like, very strange. Mm -hmm. Right, and the fact that, like, she, her body was found 
30 minutes away, almost out of Dalton. Now, Mm -hmm. I do want to say her body was found along Brackett Ridge Road. Mm -hmm. There are three ways to get to Brackett Ridge Road from that apartment. Um, And I looked this up, Google Maps. And granted, like, the roads might have changed, but there is one that goes around Dalton, like, kind of near the suburbs. The other one goes straight through Dalton, and the other one goes straight into the rural abyss is what I call it. The middle of buttfuck nowhere. Um, nobody in sight. It's all rural. Now, and the thing about Brackett Ridge Road is I tried to look and see if there was any other bodies found along that road. I was just trying to find a connection. I was just trying to find something for her, right? Yeah. And I, nothing turns up. I get nothing. And I don't even get, like, missing persons reports from the time that she was missing. Um, so the thing, the crazy thing about that road is, though, I tried to look up the history of it. Because, like, again, I was trying to see if any other bodies were found there. Like, if it could possibly be a dumping ground for a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And Brackett Ridge Road had this subreddit. And on their Reddit page, it said, you know, locals tend to stay away from Brackett Ridge Road. If there were anything illegal, if anything illegal was going on, it was on that road. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that road is all private property. So from what I've read, Brackett Ridge Road belonged to um, a Native American family that lived there. I think they were mixed, but they be- it belonged to the Brackett. That whole land belongs to the Brackets. And... Mm-hmm. They got sent up to the Trail of Tears and then some came back down, you know, and reclaimed that land. And that's why it's called Brackett Ridge Road. So all that land belongs to that family. And they say, you do not go into the woods at night or by yourself. You don't go there without a bracket or bad things will happen. It didn't specify bad things, but some people said, when you drive down that road at night, you do not stop. You do not stop. So there, it's a little weird to me that her body was found on a road that locals claim to, you know, be dangerous. And I'm wondering if they put her body there specifically because they knew locals wouldn't go there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or, you know, I mean... Obviously, like, people are going to stay away. Or did they, like, you know, put her there to go back and revisit her body? Because, like, my train of thought is she was buried in a shallow grave. So I feel like this was thought out. They had to have shovels, like, in their their trunk or something. Like, because they buried her body there. And, like, she was gone for three months. So nobody knows if she was held captive or not. Right. And... For her remains to be skeletal in the summer, like, it would make sense that they were skeletal because they were exposed to the elements, kind of. Right. Um, and in the really hot, hot... Yeah, oh my god, in the hot Georgia summer heat, mm-hmm. I yeah. would say a body would decompose that fast. Yeah. But my train of thought is, like, they thought through it enough to dig her a shallow grave, but they didn't bury her shoes. And I'm wondering if they left her shoes stuck out so that they could go back and revisit the body and revisit their crimes, which is, I don't know, from what I've looked up a normal thing with like people who start to, you know, murder a lot of people. 
Yeah. If they like to go back and see that they did that, it it's yeah. like some gratification for them. It's really sick. It is really sick. And again, like we don't we don't have answers, but you know, you know it was somebody who like thought it through and mm-hmm. they digged her a grave. So that that's crazy enough to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's it's very um it's it was very very hard to try to find evidence for this cuz like what enemies yeah. does a 17-year-old girl have? Mhm. She's just a kid, you know, like her whole life was getting started like she had everything in front of her. Right. Right. And like it because every which way you look at this, it just seems like there's a dead end. Like there's not an yeah. answer. So it just no. makes me think that maybe this was somebody she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because if there are no connections within her friend group, her family group, like no connections, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because here's the thing, yeah. like you and I have like researched a lot of serial killers and stuff and A lot of times, like, you know, the people that they killed, like, they start with people they know, right? And then after that, they start choosing their victims kind of, like, randomly in the same day. I mean, they're meticulous about it, but, like, they know enough. So, I guess what I'm getting at is... Was it an enemy of her boyfriend that she didn't know and they just knew his work schedule and they knew that she was going to be, you know, in that apartment by herself for those three hours? Or was it someone who was watching her all day? Like, they just saw her, you know, and they're like, that's the perfect victim. And they watched that apartment all day to see when her boyfriend was leaving and then took that chance. And then again, there was no sign of a struggle. However... If somebody has a weapon or a gun put up to you, are you going to struggle? Right. And especially if it's, you know, larger men, you know, and a smaller 17-year-old girl. Like, how much of a struggle can you put up, you know? And that's my thing. Like, here's another thing, too, is, like, I know Chattanooga has a history of sex trafficking rings. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if they were prominent in the 90s. They might have been. And I'm if sure they, they were, were. like... Unfortunately. I, yeah, I'm sure they were, because they're still busting rings here in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. So my... Another train of thought is, like, did, you know, they get her for that? And, of course, like, you know, she was described as a spitfire. Did they fight... Did she fight back and they decided that she was not worth it? hmm Like... You know, and it's also hard to tell, like, did she die the same day she was kidnapped? hmm Nobody knows. And, of course, like, it's 1998, so there's not any, like, cameras or anything. hmm And so unfortunate. It's really hard for the family. It's, like, it's 25 years later and still nobody knows, you know, any more than they did in, you know, that October when she was found. Exactly. And, like... 
One of the things that I thought about, I was like, I wish that they could go search for bodies in Bracket Ridge Road because I just, I have a feeling there's more out there. There's 100% more bodies out there. Because some of the brackets on that subreddit were saying, like, they had family members who, like, they definitely killed people and, like, buried them out on the Bracket Ridge. Now it's private property and they can't, they can't look unless there's, like, a reason to. But, like, you can't just go off of, like, a Reddit post, you know what I mean? Because that's not, it's not enough to grant a warrant. No. And, like, secondly, like, where where are they going to look? Because that ridge is just entirely, like, miles of wilderness. Yeah. But I would think if there was a serial killer... I feel like they would live on Brackett Ridge Road and they'd be hiding the bodies out there because who, how would they know? How, how would they know? Yeah, Um, which I'm not from that area, so I'm very unfamiliar with where it's at and what the lore is around it, but it's very scary. Yeah, I mean, there's not, like, a whole website about the lore. It's just that if you talk to locals, they're like, yeah, that's a creepy-ass road. Yeah, just don't stop, you know? Like, that, that'd be a road that you see, like, a not-deer on. Or, like, some something fishy. Yeah, something scary. Or you just drive by, and you're like, I'm gonna mind my own damn business. Because, mm-hmm. if not, then... <laughs> I I feel like you're going to get yourself in a whole bit of trouble. And then again, like on that subreddit as well, um, they said that a bunch of illegal stuff happened there that they would know of, like teenagers would go there and do drugs or whatever. Yeah. Now, I do have a question for you. So do you think this investigation, like, do you think it was skewed because, I mean, it went over three different counties. Yeah. Like, so there's Catoosa, where she's from, Murray County, and Whitfield County. Yeah, that's really hard, because I feel like once you start going, especially in, you know, 1998, once you start going over county lines and, you know, stuff like that, things go missing, parts get left out, uh, egos get in the way a lot of times when you have multiple counties working on a case, because you know, one wants to be the one that solves it, then the other one does, and then they withhold information from each other. And even if that didn't happen, it's 1998, so things were a lot less efficient than they are now. So I feel like a lot of information could have got lost, and I feel like that this is a case that really needs to be revisit, revisited, like, now, and find some answers, you know what I mean? Like, right. There's, I don't know, it just frustrates me so bad that the family is without answers and her friends as well, you know, 17 years old, like, not only did her family lose her, all her friends at school lost her, her teachers, her, her, you know, everything, and it's 25 years later and you're telling me we don't have any information about this? Like, come on, let's get it together, let's all collaborate, let's get answers. I mean, I'm sure... They have, they have definitely figured out cases way older than that. Absolutely. But you want to know something interesting that I looked up? I was like, well, did they find any fibers or DNA evidence on the skeletal remains? Which, mm-hmm. you know, it's wishful thinking, but right. I was like, you got to find something. Now, 
I think the first person convicted and put on death row with evidence via DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 1996. Only two years afterwards did she disappear. So I'm wondering if like a lot of that technology was still, it was still new and coming through. So I don't know whether or not they could have used that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And especially with, you know, Katusa and all of them being smaller counties, you know, compared to like Los Angeles or something like that, they may not even had, you know, access to such advancements yet. You know, I'm not sure when, you know, DNA technology did hit, you know, worldwide, but I'm sure it wasn't, you know, two years after the first convicted conviction was because, you just think about right. how many people didn't trust it yet. How many police forces thought it was just like hokey or something, you know? And I'm not saying it's the police forces' fault at all. I wasn't born in 1998. So, you know, they could have tried, you know, as hard as they possibly could. I just feel like it should be revisited now in 2023. Uh, I think so as well. And when I was trying to gather more information about this case, you know, my mother and my grandmother watched the news all the time and they just this wasn't something that they heard about through the news um yeah but I would think yeah I think it would slip through the cracks because like you either read the newspaper or you watch the news on tv but if you miss the news that night then you missed out yep you know we compare it to now if you know one of our friends went missing, we'd have it blasted all over Facebook. It'd be shared in, you know, Absolutely. 500 different counties and cities and everything else. But, you know, in 1998, they only had that night's news and there was no coming back. I'll watch the news tonight because I recorded it. There was no such thing. So either you watched the news that night or you bought a paper. And if you didn't do either, then you never heard about it because we didn't have Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all of these you know, social media is to really spread it far and wide. Right. I was like, oh, I don't, going back and thinking about it, I don't think they had a lot of social media actually at all. Yeah. The the 2000s had like, what, MySpace? Yeah. And most people in 1998, especially in smaller counties and stuff where they're not as wealthy, didn't even have computers and phones in 1998. You know, some did, but like if you were a middle class, lower caste family, you probably didn't have, you know, you may have had one family computer and it was not used for social media. It was used for, you know, looking things up. When when was Google made? I don't even know. Um, like, I I feel like, yeah, I feel like this case would have been really hard back in the 90s. Yeah, it's it's so sad that, you know, we think 1998 Google was formed. So Google oh, just that launched in, in that year. And, you know, that year. we're so, you know, social media has its ups and downs. It's a whole nother topic. But we are fortunate enough to live in a society where if something tragic happens someone goes missing someone's killed we can air it out everywhere and you know i think we take that for granted just a little bit by looking at the downsides of social media but it can come in really helpful when like tragedy strikes and we need it you know spread far and wide 
and it's just so sad that you know in 1998 that she didn't have that so like probably that county was as far as her tragedy got spread you know so there's no outside counties being able to help or even knowing about it right and you know the thing that bothers me the most is I feel like with so little evidence was this disappearance homicide was it thought through I feel like it was thought through and they haven't caught this person it's been 25 years so this person who murdered this 17 year old girl there there's a possibility that you know they're coaching your children's soccer games they're sitting next to you at church they're working next to you at the office like we don't we don't know who it is no, and if they're not still out there, then they died knowing that they got away with murder, which is just disgusting. It It is disgusting. Yes, I literally, I don't, when I was looking up this case, I felt so much rage because mm-hmm. I, who, who the fuck looks at a 17 year old girl and like that, why would you do that? Why would you do that? People are disgusting and again I'll say it multiple times like I will research cryptids and monsters all day long but I really think the real monsters are people absolutely like how it and it bothers me that this person got away with this because this 17 year old girl deserved she deserved the world she she honestly did she had her whole life ahead of her and it's shitty that this person got to live out the rest of their lives with no consequences of their actions i think it's important that we get her story out and that people know like hey whoever did this is a piece of shit i hope they find you i hope you get trialed for this Mm -hmm. i know it's going to be hard to find evidence yeah um do you have any other thoughts or any other words about this whole topic today um We just need to remember that her family never got the proper closure and be respectful and aware that her family is still grieving this 25 years later and they don't have the answers. And someone 25 years ago made the conscious decision to take the life of a 17 year old. And whether they're still out there or they have since passed, they they did a heinous, terrible thing and the family deserves answers. So, you know, I think that it's a shame on people spreading false information and even though no matter how bad you want to, so it doesn't give you the right to spread or rumors and false information. It just skews even more things and hurts the family. So I think everybody just needs to, you know, be respectful when we put this out, be respectful when we make posts about it. You know, this is still an open investigation and uh, just, you know, Really think of her family when you make comments and uh, go to post about Connie Beard. Right, right. I I understand wanting to help, but Mm -hmm. I think, you know, creating all this online speculations, as he said, she said, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it quite helps in that case. I know what will help is if you or anybody, if you have any information about this case, anything at all. Um, you know, please contact the GBI, please contact Murray County Police Department, Whitfield County Police Department, and, you know, let them know. Like, if you hear something mm-hmm. that maybe your parents said, maybe your neighbor said, you know, back in 1998, um, I don't know if anyone will remember that. 
But if you know something, please, please, please contact the GBI. We have their number written down, right? Yes. Okay, what is their number? So even if it seems insignificant or it doesn't matter, anything would help. Uh, GBI's number is 404-244-2600. So if you know anything at all, please contact that number. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, just keep in mind that all the theories and stuff that we went over Mm -hmm. is just us trying to, you know, shoot some theories out, like try to figure out what's going on. Of course, like we would not spread it all over social media as fact now um, because it's not fact. And again, that was the hard part about researching this case is like most information people who made videos on her got was from reddit but like i can't i'm sorry i can't trust reddit well i the only one i really trusted was like the news articles which is why this episode is so much shorter than usual is like there's not a lot of information and it's just us trying to come up with theories trying to figure out what happened to her but again if you know something please contact the gbi please contact murray county please contact whitfield county if you know anything Mm -hmm. And I think that concludes our episode for today. Um, We do want to let you know that we are graduated. We're out of school, so we should be doing a regular uploading schedule. And Courtney, what is our next episode going to be on? Our next episode is, how did we word it? The Apples. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Appalachian. The disappearances surrounding the cave systems in the United States, yes. which is a little creepy. AKA um, cave monsters. Very scary. Yes. Terrifies me. I'm definitely going to lose some sleep over help researching on this because that is a big fear of mine. <laughs> so um, our next episode will be, I mean, not lighthearted, but it will be, you know, there will be a lot of theories involved with this one and, you know, some supernatural made-up monsters, I'm sure, so. Cryptids. We love cryptids. Yes. Um, But yeah, that is going to be our next episode, so stay tuned. Um, Follow us, and again, I will say it one more time. Call to action. If you know anything about Connie Peard's Connie Beard's disappearance or homicide, please contact the GBI, Whitfield County, or Murray County. And that is all for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.